What if you really can have it all? No, really. What if everything you think you desire is only a starting point for the life you are truly capable of creating? On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, we will explore topics from magic to practical step-by-step -step processes and everything in between. There's no place we won't go, nothing too ridiculous or weird, in the quest to live life as grand as possible. Hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer are the embodiment of Opposites Attract. Collectively, they're the summation of Megan's big vision coupled with Suzanne's knack of her details. Partnered in love and in business for the last five years, they're taking co-creation to a whole new level. Join Megan and Suzanne for Love, Life, and All Things Weird, where we will talk about living a life that's inspired, overflowing, and completely awesome. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Love, Life, and All Things Weird with your hosts, Megan and Suzanne, live on A to Zen FM. How was that, darling? That was super good. That was your that was your host voice. It I was. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. <laughs> did I did you like how deep my voice was? Yeah, I did. It's sexy. It's mm. sexy when your voice is like that. <laughs> so we're back live this week. I, I, did you miss the show? last week I did, did you miss doing it i did and mm -hmm. i think everybody I else too. was like they went away <laughs> uh -huh. but we're back we're back we, we only go for a, a little bit we were in santa barbara at the sop dr dane here's sop in santa barbara which was amazing and we were actually on a plane when our mm -hmm. radio show was meant to be going on. So it went on mm -hmm. as a pre-record, and you can check that out. It was actually such a great show. Mahatma Bob came and visited for, like, we, I uh -huh. interviewed like, 15 minutes. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, this month we really are talking about, um, you know, what we're lovingly calling um, taking your sacred cows to pasture. We're not killing them. <laughs> we're just... <laughs> We're just asking you to take them to pasture. So, you know, today. <laughs> because we, we love cows. I yeah, personally love cows. really love cows. And we want them mm -hmm. to eat green and be organic. <laughs> so we're taking them to greener pastures, the sacred cows. They're going to greener organic pastures. <laughs> exactly. Free range. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Grass cows. Anyways, um, so today we thought we would tackle the topic of um, Sirius, right? And um, we we talked a little bit about this last week, actually, um, and really kind of taking the serious to the silly. And why, you know, I want you, Megan, to tell the people, the fine folks out there, why that would be important, you know, because I am a recovering Syria-holic. Is that a word? <laughs> it is now, darling. Syria-holic. A Syria-holic, mm -hmm. not cereal. Mm -hmm. I really don't mm -mm. eat cereal. But I am, <laughs> I can be quite serious. And I have been known to be quite serious for about many topics in my lifetime. And mm -hmm. Megan could probably mm -hmm. list those for you. 
things that I thought were absolutely serious and should not be messed with, right? Uh-huh. Um, and, Through you know, that. I would say in the last six years of being with you, um, I really have learned that serious is really just a persona. And when I get super serious about stuff, it absolutely just it cements me. It like locks me in. And so I am a recovering serialholic and mm-hmm. so tell the people more, darling. Mhm. Okay. And and should we also talk about the twelve step program you're in? Oh Currently? yes. Yes, because mm-hmm. Mahatma yeah. Bob Mahatma Bob gave us a thirteen step program. Thirteen step week. program. <laughs> I, it wasn't good enough to have 12 steps. He needed 13 no. steps to mm-hmm. uh, recover being a guru, right? Uh-huh. And well, taking all I think things he needed, so seriously. I think he needed to distinguish himself um, as the guru to help you out of the guru syndrome, and, and he had to distinguish himself with the 13. <laughs> totally. See, and that... But that is the whole thing about Sirius, right? Is like, so so just for definition's sake, how we're defining the the word persona means mask. It means something that you use to cover up or um, a fake self. And in particular, with anything in our lives that are serious, um, it generally indicates that there is a persona that is created and formed around that thing. And the weird thing is, is that that persona actually holds the thing in place. It holds the pattern in place. Because anything that we either agree and align with or resist and react to creates a solidification, right? And it holds it in place. And it, the interesting thing about personas is that they generally fall into one of three categories. And if you haven't, um, I can't remember, you'll probably remember the name of this show, hun, but um, gosh, you know, we have a whole year's worth of archives, people, because this is our year anniversary month of mm-hmm. our show. And um, we did a show called, it was something about drama. Do you remember what it was, Sweet, what we called it? Uh, was it Be a Creator, Not a Reactor, that one? I think so. Oh, you're so smart, and you have such a fantastic memory. I, you're, you you just add so much value to the show, darling. So anyway. Thanks, baby um, cake. <laughs> you're I appreciate welcome. <laughs> but we talked about what we call the triangle of drama, which is victim, villain, and hero. And they, our personas are generally fall into one of those categories. Right, And so when we were little and some need of ours didn't get met, whether it was love or kindness or whatever it was, it didn't get met, we generally developed some kind of a mask or a mechanism to try to get that need met. So instead of, we learned that it's not okay to just be us, that just mm-hmm. being us is either going to get us hurt or just ignored. So it, um, so like maybe we take on being the good girl, right? And the good girl helps mom, da da da, da and hopefully then maybe I can get a little acknowledgement from mom. But the problem is, is that that why our parents aren't showing up has nothing to do with us, right? When mm-hmm. you're three or four, your parents like whatever's going on with them is about them. But we think that if we kind of can be something other than who we are, 
then we can get some of our needs met. And sometimes we do get a little bit more of our needs. That the problem is, is it's connected to that activity or that persona. So now, in order to be loved, I have to be a good girl. And oh, I, have I to be totally nice. have, I have that. to do things for people. Mm-hmm. I have a very see? much a good girl persona. I really, really uh-huh. do. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's been well intact for since I was like three. <laughs> 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 so that would be considered part of the hero family of the triangle, right? So, and the the thing with the triangle is that every hero needs a what, honey? Villain, a villain or, or a victim. A, exactly. So if you're being a nice girl, you're see, I'm already, to- darling. I don't want to interrupt, but see, I was such a good girl, and they had the answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm totally in my persona right now. Damn it. So tell me, tell me the right answer. Go, sweetie, go. It's a villain. It's a villain and a, and a victim. Because I'm the good girl and I'm the hero. Yay, and I have the right answer. Uh-huh. So the thing about it is, is that, you know, um, that good girl, tends to pull out one of my personas and mm. it's more from the villain family <laughs> it's the rebel it's the bad girl it's the rule breaker and so in our relationship there are definitely times where there's an interlock between the rebel and the good girl right because the you know the hero and the villain they gotta duel out man they gotta fight it out and i do get so, very serious about the rules I really, really do, and then and so then cute. you are so rebellious, and I get so uh-huh. mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! It's very cute. So this is the thing, guys: is you really can't get rid of personas necessarily. I mean, it is kind of a part of our world and and a part of like living. Um, and but you know when you can be aware of those and recognize what they are, you know, what they're there for, then you have a lot more choice. And that's kind of been a fun thing for us is it used to really kind of entangle us in our relationship. And now mostly we just have fun with it, I would say. Like, and, and now we kind of switch, um, switch sometimes where I am the rebel and Megan's the goody two-shoes. And it that is fun. That's kind of crazy mm-hmm. when that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know where it comes up is in class. Because uh-huh. I have such a good student persona. Like, I want to, like, be there and I want to hear everything. And you're like, I'm over it. I'm out of uh-huh. here. Like, I'm going to go. Like, I can't even deal with this anymore. I'm like, what? You're leaving class? <laughs> it's super fun. But yeah. I'd like. I'd like to kind of bring it around to our topic a little bit, which is that those personas, be it if we're in a victim of something, we're we're fighting against something, or we're trying to save something, right? Um, mm-hmm. What happens is is that it creates this vein of seriousness, right? And that seriousness is creates a constriction, and all we can do then is attract people and things that are going to play that out with us. So let's let's say that we're trying to save the earth because it's a very serious problem. And I have to mm-hmm. save the earth. And I have to be the hero of the earth, 
right? Mm-hmm. So then what I'm going to attract is villains. Like, I'm going to I'm going to find people littering. I'm going to find people to fight against, right? And then I'm going to find also the victims of that same scenario and, and be off rescuing them. But the problem with the personas is, is they only give us two options. Personas, the three ways that you can tell you're in a persona is it's serious. If mm-hmm. anything is serious, you are not in your being, you are not in your essence. Would an infinite being ever need to be serious about anything? Right? Mm-hmm. So if it's serious, then then that is a flag that you're in a persona. Number two, if if you find yourself saying things like right, wrong, good, bad, it's all this, it's never that, it's always this, it's never that, because a persona exists and is created from the very smallest part of our brain, which is the survival brain. It's like less than 3% of our brain. We have, when we're serious, we have only have access to less than 3% of our brain. And, and we'll talk in absolutes. That's when, when you're noticing that something's right and something else is wrong, or this is good and this is bad, you are operating from that serious place. And again, mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's these things helped us survive when we were little. But if you're trying to create something different in your life, you're trying to undo a pattern. Like this is a key, guys, because anything that gets you, anything that you're serious about, every anything you're you're sure you're right about and somebody else is wrong about, is something that is a pattern you're holding in place by you calling it serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, on Facebook lately, right, there's been, I don't know if you've followed this at all, babe, but there's this whole thing about the Stanford um, athlete who raped the um, the other, this other, this woman, right? And there's, and then he only got six months in jail. And, you know, she wrote this huge letter to the court, and it's all over Facebook. And it's a very interesting thing to to look at it from this perspective, right? Because there's a clear villain, there's a clear victim in this case, right? And so, and there's so much seriousness that is, um, that is around this and everybody calling him out and everybody getting mad at his dad who wrote this letter and all of this stuff. It's super interesting to kind of see it from this perspective of what we're talking about. Like, yeah, okay, that is, I mean, that, story and that thing there's like there's a lot of intensity to that um and i'm not and we're not saying that there's not but when you bring so much seriousness to it it actually constricts it even more um and so even just people posting on it and people going up in arms about it and people basically just getting on the triangle around it you know of you know calling this kid out and you know villainizing him and you know all kinds of stuff it's like a a big example of just staying on the drama triangle in this huge you know seriousness around the whole thing so that would be a good example and so you know me looking at it I'm like okay you know yeah like that you know there's a lot of intensity and energy there and what you know what how could I see this that's not from the not from being on the triangle. How could I look at this differently and experience this differently and not dive right in to the drama play? 
Mm-hmm. Well, and I would like to invite people to just kind of try something on because here's the thing. It's not that there aren't things in our lives and in the world that we would like to change or to have be more expanded, more light, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't have a chance in friggin' hell of changing anything that you're gripping with your seriosity. Mm-hmm. Like, not no a chance. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Seriosity? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, uh, I think that we should give, we were talking about this with the producers this morning, like, giving people, like, serious tickets. We should call it the seriosity <laughs> ticket, right? <laughs> like i'm sorry you're <laughs> you have sped over the limit of serious <laughs> just warning warning <laughs> um because it, but so i want to give people like a, an experience right so mm-hmm. everybody that's listening to the show whether it be now or in the future it just occurred to me that somebody could listen to this like after i die <laughs> like honey we're going to live on. I found all these blog talk archives of a show I did like eight, ten years ago. I'm like, oh, they still are existing. So anyway, if I'm dead, <laughs> just know that I'm happy wherever I am. Anyway, <laughs> And that your legacy continues. Don, don, don. Oh, boy. So, okay, think about anything that you have, you tend to go serious around, whether it's your relationship or your weight or pain or the earth or whatever it is. Like, just think about something that you tend to kind of go, oh, that's really serious. And I want you to think about that for a minute. And then I want you to get even more serious. And I want you to get even more serious. What's happening in your body? in a serious place. And now I want you to really think about how from serious you try to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Right? So think about like, okay, now I go, yeah, we're going to do something and we're going to post and we're going to, right? And so now just freeze yourself right now. Freeze your body. Notice what's happening in your breath. Notice how much space do you have? How much creativity do you have in this place? How much lightness do you have in this place? Right? So it's not, serious isn't wrong. It's just an indication you are holding something in place. And if you can become aware of it, it's really about, okay, if I can play, if I can exaggerate the serious, and we're going to give you a shit ton of tools today around undoing serious, if you can undo that that serious energy and actually step into open space, then you actually have a chance of shifting it. And sometimes the only problem is serious. About 70 to 80% of the time, the thing that's holding it in place is you being serious. Mm-hmm. Then, if there's actually something to do or, or a possibility of a new action that could create some more space, it will generally occur in that bigger space. It will generally occur in that more creative space. So what I'd like everybody to do now is just kind of breathe and move and maybe do a silly dance and just notice what happens when you kind of get out of that constriction 
of that persona, of that serious energy. So the first thing that we can do when we get serious is to breathe and move because personas don't breathe or move very much. They're quite stiff. Like when we're in a persona, we're actually not accessing the part of our brain that can actually help us solve whatever the hell's going on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you notice? Did you do it? Yeah, I did. I like was super. I my whole body kind of went into like I felt like a turtle. Like I was like going into my shell, and I had like those deep crevices in my forehead, right? Like, um, <laughs> and then, and then it was kind of just like to breathe. And then when you say breathe, you I thought you were saying you said something, and I thought you were saying breast. And so then it just lightened my whole world. <laughs> Just like immediately, and I couldn't even stay in constriction anymore. <laughs> okay, so let's we're gonna alter the tool a little bit. Instead of like, instead of breathe and stretch and move, we're gonna say breathe. Or we're gonna say breast and move and breathe. So imagine breast. That's uh-huh. our tool. Yeah, imagine that's our breast. tool. Imagine breasts. <laughs> I love our producers. They're like, they write down our tools in the chat room, like, breathe and move. And then Keisha writes, optional tool, breast and breast move. Breast and move. <laughs> you like breast. breast. But darling, we are so over our break time. We really need to oh. go to break. All right? Uh-oh. All right. This you all are okay. listening to Love Life and All Things Weird, and they take breaks very seriously here on A to Zen, and so we must go to break <laughs> And we will be back soon. Most people live in the land of either or. It's a scary and meager place where one can have either a happy relationship or a successful career. Where we can have either lots of time and no money or lots of money and no time to spend it. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to claim your most ridiculous life. Together, they are the embodiment of opposites attract, and the result is true synergistic power. Finding yourself roadside in either or, Megan and Suzanne are here to reintroduce you to one very powerful three-letter word. And. Simple? Yes. Effective? Absolutely. Welcome to the land of and. Listen to Love, Life, and All Things Weird every Wednesday at 12 p.m. noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. 
Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a boys class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is Love, Life, and All Things Weird with hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736 or Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also send questions or comments by sending an email to suzannepstoffer at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Love life and all things weird. We are talking about taking the serious to silly, and I would have to say we are being quite silly about it today. <laughs> well, that's good because all this stuff happened this morning. It was so funny. It's like, are we sure we want to do a show on serious? Because the universe just kept popping things into our world that we could have gotten serious about. Oh, totally. I woke up and my Hip was out. We almost got pulled over. I spilt my latte. Well, oh my gosh, it's just been so fun. And you know what? It's been. Um, it was really funny. There's a there's a great mantra in Access that I love, and I'm actually like kind of re. Uh, I'm fluffing it up in my world right now. I I had I loved it at first and forgot about it. Came back to it, and it's. The mantra called, all of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory. And the Mm -hmm. idea is to say that 10 times in the morning and 10 times in the evening. And it's not about like having like life never have challenges. It's really about how you move through those challenges, right? And so this morning, like, you know, Suzanne had just like walked on my butt so I could actually walk. Walked on it? (laughs) You walked on it. You did. I I massaged your hip, darling. You did, but you kind of wonked on it a little bit. And and then we have this great oil that actually comes from monks up on top of a mountain in Thailand. Like, literally, there's a guy that hikes up to get this stuff. It's the best stuff. But it yeah. is hot, little bugger, and you got it in my crack this morning. And so I have... <laughs> I don't think the people needed to know that, darling. <laughs> but did, just... did I do the TMI? Did I, I do a team so. I think so, oh. just a little bit. Yeah, oh, it's Lord. it's called the what is it? it's called gold something that liquid stuff. Liquid gold, baby. Liquid gold, it's man. So and you good. got an you got an extra bit of it. So, um, really <laughs> yeah, so. it is kind of like Tiger Bomb. Um, but yeah, so we were singing. Um, All of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory. We were yelling it this morning. Why would we do yes, such so. a thing? Yeah, because here's the thing is we were playing with all the stuff that was going on, right? And as I pulled out of the driveway to go to the coffee shop, I was like, because I was, I was in a voice of a, of what I perceived to be an old woman with body aches, right? All of life comes to me in ease, joy, and glory. All of life comes to me in ease, joy, and glory. And Suzanne was like, because she hasn't slept in like five nights. And so she was all 
bitchy. So tell the people how you were doing East Joy and Glory this morning, darling. I was just yelling it. Oh, my life comes to me. It's East Joy and Glory. God damn it. <laughs> but you know what was really awesome is that it really did lighten things up. It really, because we were... We weren't trying to pretend, because here's the thing, if, if, if there's something that's sticky and it kind of gets you or grips you, for you to try to fight with that, you will lose. Mm-hmm. Because that thing that grips you has been gripping you for however long, it's got way more traction in many ways than your being does in that area. So it's important to find a way to honor or to play with or to exaggerate the that energy of constriction in some way and then kind of bridge it over to something that's a little bit more silious, you know, from mm-hmm. and so it's like and that was our way of kind of honoring the energy that was coming up. Then it was so funny because we were going up that hill and then all of a sudden, like, I make this kind of quick lane change, and I make it right to where this cop is, right? And we're like, and then the, his light goes on, and then we both started saying it really, really fast. Oh, that comes to me. He's like, Lori. And, you know, and luckily he did not pull us over. So I was like, that was glorious, you know, to, <laughs> to really go glory through right that. there. That was glory. Oh, my gosh. But it's oh, really true, yeah. guys. When you, when you actually access more space, and that's sort of, if you want to kind of boil this conversation down, what we're talking about is when space meets density, density dissipates. When we're being serious, it we're in density. We're in heavy. We're in solid. We're in concrete. And so how do you get to the space? And one of our ways is is to be silliest. Mm-hmm. Well, right? and, to be, and, that, and to be where we are, right? Like, so it's kind of like not spiritual override. It's just actually playing with the energy that was here that, you know, that was that showed up um, and and almost exaggerating it. And so that's kind of what Megan was doing earlier, right? With the intensity, with your serious, like exaggerating it. And when I try to exaggerate my serious, then I pop out of it really, really quickly. So that whole spiritual override thing just really doesn't work. It might work in the moment, but it seriously doesn't work over the long term. I mean, there is a lot of really passive aggressive spiritual overriders. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and don't come up to your partner and go, honey. You don't have to be so serious about this. You're being very serious about this. Well, what you know, what would happen, right? You know, like if you have a partner that's serious and you say that to them, it just mm-hmm. gets more worse, right? And yeah. so, like, even playing with your seriousness, and like I've done that before too. It's like this is serious, damn it. You know, I'm mm-hmm. making that even bigger. So. That the first thing that we can do if, with whatever kind of constriction is just make it bigger. Go with it, you know, in some way. Because when we do that, when you make it bigger, it loosens the grip. And it also helps you see a little bit about actually how silly you're being in your seriousness, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, I when I... Go, go ahead, ahead huh? I was just going to say that, um, like, I want to address 
the specific areas sometimes that we get serious because you asked that question in the chat room of like, where do you tend to get serious? We had a few people jump in and say they get really, really serious about parenting, you know, about mothering, um, about being a mother, right? And and it's it's in part, I believe, because <clears throat> of the huge expectations and projections and judgments that we have um, about that role. Um, it is a freaking hard job, you know? And so for all of us that are parents, there are, I know for me, that has been an area where I have felt super intensely serious. And like, I was really, really doing it wrong, you know? So, um, so I'm wondering if we could maybe talk about the questions in the persona interview with regards to maybe the moms out there or the parents out there, like that parent persona that um, that creates that seriousness. What do you think of that idea? Sure, hun. You want to do yours since I'm not a parent? Sure. <laughs> okay, cool. So, yeah, so one of the other things that we can do is we can actually name, find a name for the persona that we're in around that topic. Right. Mm -hmm. So my rebel, I've named Rock and Rebecca. Mm -hmm. Right. My my guru persona, I have named. Well, I've named Guru, but I also have an an enlightened one. Right. It's like <laughs> oh, oh, the enlightened one has made an appearance. You know, and it's like oh, the <laughs> the wise old owl. Um. So you could find fun names for these personas, which actually in of themselves help to loosen it up. So if you were to name that serious persona that comes up for you as a parent, what would that name be? Mm. I don't even know. Um, shoot. Like maybe... Um, what, but you see, you're better at names than I am. So what would you call my serious parent name i'm doing the best i can <laughs> <laughs> i would call it the i would call it the martyr mama oh brilliant darling yeah that is freaking brilliant yeah awesome okay cool so um so one of the things that we can do, this is something we started in our last show and we didn't really have time to go into it. So we wanted to kind of give you a little bit more experience with it today. It's called the persona interview. Now, mm -hmm. the short form of we're going to, I'm going to take uh, Martyr Mama through a few questions. We're going to interview her. But you guys can write these questions down and interview this part of yourself or like do a little journaling exercise with it. Now, the short form of this exercise is when you feel that density, that heavy, that serious, to simply ask, who am I being right now? Everything mm -hmm. that is, everything that brings up, can I uncreate and destroy it? Right, wrong, good, bad, pot, pot, all nine boys, short, and some beyonds. Right? Mm -hmm. So um, who am I being is the short form of this persona interview. But this persona interview is pretty fun when something is kind of sticky like that. So one of the things that you want to do is you want to get in the posture you want to it's like you're taking on a character for the stage so hun you want to get in your uh martyr mama posture you know yes, what i, I would seriously have right my, now I, what i would love to see you right now this i, I i'm missing out mm -hmm. i have, my have hands on my, people. i have my hands on my waist right 
Oh, like kind okay. of in that uh-huh. parenting, like uh-huh. standing, and you have uh-huh. your hands on your uh-huh. waist, like on your hips. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that is where mm-hmm. I'm at right now as as the martyr mama. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, I'm going to try to be very uh, serious about this. I've got to be very serious. serious. Okay, and maybe, you know, just think of one of the issues that comes up with your kids that that you get serious about. Yeah, I just got one. Oh, awesome. So, um, (laughs) they're not too far away. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that was quick, darling. (laughs) You, You went right there. Okay, cool. So... Um, so, Martyr Mama, can I ask you a few questions? Yes, and before we do, I would like to invite all of the other mamas that are resonating with this to find their own um, body posture and play along, like answer the questions that you're asking. Mm-hmm. Just if they awesome. want to. They want to shift Just with this. Mm-hmm. Yes. And aren't you being a good mama I by am. inviting everyone to play? <laughs> Okay, so one other thing, guys. If you're playing with this, you want to answer the first thing that comes into your head. You don't want to think about it. You just like first thing that pops up because it's about you getting aware of what this part of you is trying to get because anything that you're doing that's keeping you stuck or that's a pattern – it's in place because it protected you or helped you at one point. And it may be helping you protect a capacity or a gift. And so it really is about creating some space so you can get underneath it and see what the gift might be from it. Okay, so Martyr Mama, mm-hmm. uh, what's the most important thing to you? Control. Hmm. Cool. And what are you most proud of? Uh... I have some, like, awesome kids. They're awesome. Oh, nicely done. Cool. And, Martyr Mama, um, what's your biggest regret? Hmm. Uh, like, the first thing that came was more of an energy. It was like a kind of this dense energy that I get into, this, like, heavy almost spitting energy sometimes that I get into with my kids or that I have gotten into with my kids in the past, especially when they were little. Does that make sense? So it's kind of like this heavy controlling energy that I kind of put on them being Mm -hmm. in this, in this thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. And when did you make your first appearance in Suzanne's life? Ooh, this is odd. Like eight Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, who did you get your style from? Oh, my mom, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and Martyr Mumble? Um, yeah. What are you most, what are you most afraid of? Oh, um, the thing that first came was, um, being alone. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And Martyr Mama, what do you want most? What do you desire more than anything else? Mm. Like connection, love with my kids, like just having a free flow of space and love and connection. 
Yeah. Cool. So, Martyr Mama, I want to invite you just to kind of shake Martyr Mama off a little bit, take a couple of deep breaths. And I want to say something to the audience. Did you hear her tone change as we progressed? Right? Mm -hmm. It's like, what's the most important thing to you? Control. And by the end of it, she was, could you feel the new space opening up in her? The new awareness opening up in her? And like, I want you to kind of just kind of tune in, hun, and see what awareness has came up. And when we come back from the break, let's dissect that. There's tons of people processing up a storm in the in the <laughs> chat room. I think, I think Martyr Mama was a proxy for uh, maybe several hundred people today. So um, <laughs> thanks for making an appearance, Martyr Mama. And we'll talk to you. Um, we'll talk to Suzanne when we get back. <laughs> Most people live in the land of either or. It's a scary and meager place where one can have either a happy relationship or a successful career. Where we can have either lots of time and no money or lots of money and no time to spend it. On Love, Life, and All Things Weird, Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer bring you inspiration, awesome tools for transformation, and full permission to claim your most ridiculous life. Together, they are the embodiment of opposites attract, and the result is true synergistic power. Finding yourself roadside in either or, Megan and Suzanne are here to reintroduce you to one very powerful three-letter word, and. Simple? Yes. Effective? Absolutely. Welcome to the land of and. Listen to Love, Life, and All Things Weird every Wednesday at 12 p.m. noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness, a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a Bars session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is Love, Life, and All Things Weird with hosts Megan Silito and Suzanne Stoffer. Are you scratching your head a bit? Let's chat. Call into the program today and let's find some answers. If you're in the U.S., call 815-880-8255. In Canada, call 613-800-8736 or Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also send questions or comments by sending an email to suzannepstoffer at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Woo! 
are we having fun on Love Life and All Things Weird today on A to Zen FM with your hosts Megan and Suzanne and Martyr Mama and whoever else has shown up <laughs> on this fine hump day morning. <laughs> we've been talking about boobies, we've been talking about <clears throat> mamas, like it's all kind of, you know, there's there's some themes. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was cool. I said in the chat room, like, every time I do this process, I learn more about myself. It's really cool. Um, and for those of you who want this process, want the questions, um, I'll post them in Weird on Air, Weird on the Air with Megan and Suzanne. That's our Facebook private group. That um, And so if you're not part of Weird on Air, um, we have links to it all over A to Zen, or you can find it um, on Facebook, Weird on the Air with Megan and Suzanne. So we post lots of extra tools and stuff in between our shows, but I'll post that there as well so that you can really, um, I think you can use this for yourself, like actually ask the questions for yourself, but it becomes really powerful when you have a witness that's asking, I think. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> the witness's job is to be neutral. Right. And not to like, oh, okay, cool. Great. Well, I can see that. I can hear that. That's it. Like the witness's job is to do that. You can. And I have done a persona interview on myself through like journaling. Um, But it's really fun to kind of do it. Have someone else's do it, especially if you've used the tool. Who am I being? And you pot and pock the crap out of it and you're not getting much kind of shift with it. Like, really just grab these questions. Again, Suzanne's going to post them and, and ask uh, somebody that you trust or that's fun for you to, to ask you the questions because it really is about self-awareness. It really is about – because sometimes we need – there's something going on that we put in place maybe a long time ago. Um, and it was funny because before I asked you when did you make your first appearance, I was like, oh, Martyr Mama started when she was a little girl. Like I had that awareness even before you said it. And and by unpacking it a little bit and getting to the what we call the sweetheart message of it, then there's like a softening and a loosening and again space coming into that density. So you wanna like what were some of the awarenesses you got, hon? Um, I think it's just <clears throat> like me trying to control everything and, you know, me kind of like spitting that energy out is like, um, a, a, it's like I'm actually just afraid. I'm afraid that if I don't control what my kids are doing, that somehow I'll lose them. It's like this mm. this feeling of that somehow they'll make, make, make mistakes or they'll do something you know, quote, really wrong, and then I will actually lose the connection and love I have with them. Um, But in Mm -hmm. all reality, when I spit that energy out, I am creating separation and distance, and I'm calling them wrong. And so I'm actually creating the thing that I'm afraid of. I'm creating that lack of connection and that, um, you know, that wrongness in their world. So that was a really interesting thing for me. And that was very much what I experienced as a kid with my own mom, right? Is this very, um, you know, lots and lots of separateness and um, intense energy that was being pushed at me and, you know, at my siblings too a lot. And I know that it came from her fear. It came from her actual 
super caring, you know, this, I mean, we love and invest so much energy and time into our kids. And so it's so hard when, you know, for like my youngest, she has this tendency to lie. Um, And so, and it's such a trigger for me. And so that was the example that I thought of when I went into this persona, because it's like, if she ends up, you know, choosing that over and over again in her world, you know, I see that as a really detrimental um, to her future. And so it is me trying to control that outcome and in the process, really setting up a place for her to actually lie more. Okay, so there's a clearing kind of coming up for me, all right, because for how many generations has the idea of controlling like you can, they, I first of all the illusion that you can control a child, and mm-hmm. the secondly that that would actually that actually works to change behavior, and that actually keeps them alive, right? Yeah. How many generations has that been going on? And uh, and invariably the thing you try to control just gets bigger, mm-hmm. right? In our lives, like you know, you try to control your weight, you get bigger. You try to, you know what I mean, like. All of those things that we try to control gets bigger. So everywhere that you have bought all the point, all the points of view about parenting that you've bought that have made control more vital, real, and valuable than actually being with your children, can we uncreate and destroy that, please? Mm-hmm. Right, wrong, good, bad, pot, all nine boys, shorts, and beyonds. Well, and all the decisions, judgments, conclusions, and computations about parenting, about being a good mom or about being a bad mom and everywhere you've aligned and agreed with that or rejected and refused that or you're trying not to be controlling or you're trying not to be the bitch or you're trying not to be the martyr, um, can we uncontro- or can we uncreate and destroy all that, please? Yes. <laughs> Uncontrol it. <laughs> right and wrong, good it. and bad. <laughs> Right and wrong, good, bad, pot of all nine, shirts, boys, and beyonds. Yeah, there's a lot of energy for people up around this idea of parenting, you know, like, um, because it is such a big area for so much of us. So everywhere that you've made yourself wrong, no matter what you do, no matter what you don't do, could we uncreate and destroy that, please? Yes. Yes, right and wrong, good, and bad, pot of all nine, shirts, boys, and beyonds. Whew. <clears throat> I just keep... There's a there's an example uh, with your son Alex that I think is really relevant here, hun, because it's like I like I remember when you used to try to control how much he'd do video games and stuff, and how that went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it didn't go well, and and so there was this place where you just let go and and just let him do it as much as he wanted, even if it was 15 hours on a Saturday or whatever the hell it was, and like and. We were kind of, we had fear, right? Like, oh my gosh, he's not going to emotionally develop. He's not going to this. He's not going to do that, right? And then one day, he's been in his room in video game heaven for years. And one day, we come home, and he's sitting by the fireplace, listening to classical music and mm-hmm. um, writing poetry. Mm-hmm. And And from that moment on, he started moving into being a musician. Next thing we knew, we're thinking, oh, well, now he's, He's not dating. He's not this. He's not that. And all of a sudden, he's got a girlfriend. Oh, he decided he wants to learn how to drive now. And, like, I just kept noticing over and over and over that he would come to, he would pop himself out of these phases 
in such in a more beautiful way than controlling him ever could have or ever would have. Mm-hmm. And it was it's just been so beautiful to watch your kids become who they are the more you step out of the way and just love them. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you know, it got really intense, right, for me as a parent because there were some days where he would literally play like 15 hours in that day. So to me, it was just so extreme and out of control, right? Like so much. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, he's going to be one of those gamers that like only does that his whole freaking life, right? It's scary. And yet like allowing, I mean, by that time he was in his teenager years. So he was like 15 or 16. Um, and so it was really just so amazing that as I moved into that intensity, as I allowed that, as I like, um, felt into that, you know, and was like, I'm in allowance of this, like, this is, I can't fight him on this, um, that it, he self-corrected, and he would self-correct in, in everything, he did it with, um, soda, where he just drank two crazy amounts of soda, and he self-corrected there, he self-corrected with school, um, and it really wasn't until I let go of control. It wasn't. Re- it really wasn't until I went into allowance and non-judgment that he found that space inside of him. Now he's turning twenty, and he's still in this place of um, self-correcting and being and finding his own independence. And and for him, I can't imagine if I would have tried to do it differently. Like honestly, as hard as challenging as it was at times, it was the way with him. Because um, he could have been super rebellious and um, and really just fought so much against me, and so I really learned with him, you know, like in in the you know in the trenches, and so I'm I totally get it. It is not uh, a super easeful thing sometimes uh, leaning into you know trying to parent and trying to let go of control. I think lots of parents have that issue. <clears throat> well, and something that's happening in um in the chat room is that it's like they're talking about control in general, like controlling mm-hmm. our business, controlling our body, you know. And so doing finding what I would suggest for people, and people are like, "We need more time. We need more time." So we could probably extend this uh conversation into next week's show. I mean, this whole week, this whole month we're talking about getting out of the serious. But like Find a name for your controller and interview it. Like the per, the one that tries to control everything, right? Mm-hmm. Controlling Kathy or whatever it is and take the interview, take them through the interview process or have somebody interview them. And, mm-hmm. you know, just and join us next week. Yeah. Join us next week for more. If you want more on this topic, we're doing more. So join us next week for more fun and more silly. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to Love, Life, and All Things Weird. Megan and Suzanne will be back next Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. Be sure to tune in for more tips on how to live in the land of and and claim your marvelous, magical life.